Welcome back to Hitchcock Chronologically, the podcast where I, Jeff, go through every single one of Alfred Hitchcock's movie in cr- movies, plural, in chronologic, in chronologic, get a colonic while going through these movies chronologically. Uh, we are pushing once again through the silent era, and there's a term in storytelling called comic relief and it it has to do with if you're you're being told a serious story throughout uh most commonly like uh, what's his name the guy wrote all those plays shakespeare most commonly in that there would be a brief pause in the middle for a comedic scene and here i am over halfway through the silent era losing my brain And we get to the longest of the movies from the silent era, The Farmer's Wife, which is this week's review, only to happen upon the comic relief. This is easily the most surprised I've been since doing the podcast. Haven't been surprised that some movies are bad, but very surprised that the longest silent movie I'll be watching so far, this is the best one. Uh, like he's, I've said the last few episodes, I think Hitchcock's been getting worse and worse as these silent movies go on, but it could be, it could be that my brain is getting tired of them. So I'm, my patience is wearing thin, but I don't think that's the case. I think I can calmly and rationally say that the previous movies that I've pooed on are as bad as I say, because I've gotten to this movie. And it's two hours long, and I liked it. Ugh, what a! It's renewed my uh, my zeal to do this show. It, it, to to have the farmer's wife show up and surprise me. So uh, obviously, this episode is around the farmer's wife, directed by the farmer's wife, directed by Alfred Hitchcock, and released in 1928. Um, this stars some people we've never heard of because they're old movies and you know how it goes. So I do want to run down the plot here. And let me tell you, when I turned this one on, I thought I was in for a doozy of a day because it starts off unbelievably slow. It, it, it takes place on a farm as one might expect with the farmer's wife. And the first good bit of this movie, I would say in the first 20 minutes is just kind of wandering around this farm, seeing things being done as they prepare for a wedding. The farmer in question here, Mr. Sweetland, his only daughter is being married off. He is a widower. Uh, His wife had passed away and his daughter is being married away. He is a relatively wealthy man. He owns a farm. He has many, uh, laborers on his farm that do work for him they are employees one of which is named minta she is sort of the head of the household really as far as making sure everything goes smoothly she manages the kitchen and there's this crusty old guy named ash that runs around that no one seems to like he runs his mouth he speaks his mind and no one can can really tolerate this guy they constantly kicking him out of other places he's an alcoholic he goes into the kitchen and gets some food and then says he'll trade it for some booze. He falls asleep by the fire. He's, he's, he's a bum, but he works on the property. And, uh, but mostly as far as I can tell, he tends to the horses. He gets, uh, Mr. Sweetland's horse ready to go. 
So the opening scene is all about this wedding. Uh, the, the, the daughter, little lady Sweetland's marrying away. And uh, so the first like 20 minutes is all about this preparation and her getting married and they have a party and these three women tend to flirt with Mr. Sweetland a little bit because he's an eligible bachelor, an eligible widower. And uh, they all take off. And we get to the point where we start the plot of this movie. Now, I had read the, the not the synopsis, but the, the, you know, that two sentence that describes what we're supposed to be in for, where, you know, we know that his daughter is moving out. He's a widower that he's going to now be looking for a new wife. And this is one of the reasons I was dreading this, not only for the length, but just for the fact that it f- it felt like I knew where this was going to go. I mean, and in a lot of ways, I know it went exactly where I thought it would. Uh, starting watching this movie, and it becomes obvious as like he's on the prowl for a new wife, and but the best woman around actually happens to be Minta, who runs his household. And so you obviously the plot becomes he's going to go and look at all these other women and then realized his best option was at home the whole time. And that's what happens. Okay. That's the plot in a nutshell as to what happens. But what makes this good is actually the writing and the dialogue. There's a little more dialogue in this silent movie than there are in some of the past ones we've gone through. And a lot of it is nuts. Now, I believe this is supposed to be a comedy or romantic comedy, and it accomplishes that. The romance is not great in the sense that they, this guy, Mr. Sweetland, doesn't belong with anyone. Because as he goes out flirting, I'll tell you right now, he has no game. As a man who has no game, I can recognize another man who has no game. So of these women that were flirting with him, he decides he's going to sit down with Minta, his head of household and put together a list of prospects. And he lists, uh, you know, let me see, I've got the name. Uh, there's a, a widow by the name of Windette who gets listed and he, de, uh, Minta keeps offering counterpoints, if you will, to say, isn't she a bit pillowy is the term they use. Uh, and, he says, well, I don't mind someone who's pillowy as long as they're pillowy in the right places. And Minta says, well, sometimes someone who's pillowy in their 30s turns into a bed in, later on. I don't know what that means, but it was a sick burn. Uh, so that's one of them is, is, a, is a bigger girl. There's another one who is an older woman. And she's like, he's like, well, from behind, she looks like she's in her 30s. And Minta says, yeah, but you're going to have to be the looking at her front a whole lot. And then there's one last one. They don't really, who ends up just being an absolute lunatic. We'll get to that. So we've established our plot. We're going to, and then he mentions a fourth one by the name of Mercy, who we don't see in this initial scene, but this is the plot of the movie. Now he's going to go from house to house, uh, uh, bachelorette to bachelorette and pitch them essentially why they should marry him. So the first person he goes to is the big girl, right? The pillowy one. The conversation between him and Minta where they start running down the list, I'm laughing at it. I'm like, is he serious? Is this how they talk? But it it becomes apparent to me that it's meant for comedy, the way he talks. And like I said, he has no game. He's been out of the game a while. 
his wife passed away. He finished raising his daughter. And now he's on the prowl. And the first thing he says to this big woman, he's like, I'm like one of your foxes because she owns a farm, I guess. I'm like one of your foxes. I came up the hill to catch a fat hen. And I'm like, what? That's not how you lead in. All right. I'm no botanist, but that's not how you start. Like, a, that's a pickup line to call someone a fat hen. But he does it. And she does not recoil at all. She's like, whatever. But then he proposes to her pretty much right away. This is his style is to go to someone's house, insult them, and then propose to them right away. That's how Mr. Sweetland runs, runs his, his life. And uh, she turns him down. She says, I, no, I'm too independent of a woman for you. And he says, yeah, you're a, you're a strong woman, but I'm going to break you in again. Now I can, I again, looking through this, through the 2021 lens, that would never fly today. And it doesn't fly here either. She's like, nah, get, get out of my face. And so instead of trying to sweet talk her, Mr. Sweetland begins to yell at her and she laughs in his face the whole time. Like to the point where he's like, all right, you've done it. I'm never coming back. And she just keeps pointing and laughing. She's done with this dude. So he goes home with a tail between his legs. What an idiot. All right. He went to, to, he didn't even flirt or look to see if they had any common ground. I guess is how you did it in the twenties. You, you just proposed as opposed to take them out someplace nice and get to know them. But that's his game. Again, maybe it's just that he's not done this long enough or recently enough to know how things go in the twenties. So he moves on to the second one, who is Miss Tapper, uh, who is the older of the three women at this party that he is considering. So he goes to a party that both this older woman and then this last prospect, not mercy, but this third prospect is at this, uh, party at Miss Tapper's house, but he arrives early because he's ready to, again, just spit game. So he comes to the door. She finds out you, she's excited. So I'm like, Oh, okay. He's maybe got a chance here. She gets dolled up and dressed and comes downstairs and he starts schmoozing her and then asks to be married again. And she responds, you're the first man to respond to my quote unquote sex challenge. Now, I don't know if this is a sex obstacle course or what, but apparently she laid down some sort of sex gauntlet that he has now uh, inadvertently stepped in and she's down for it, but she does not want to be married. She just wants to get laid and that's respect's fine. You know, it's the year 1920 and women can be promiscuous now. hundred years later, anyway, that's the case it is. But back in, anyway, I found it very uh, progressive of her to, to be the aggressor in this and just say, hey, I'm here to hit it and quit it. He's not with that. He wants a woman and she turns him down. So, of course, he goes into insulting her. Uh, so he insults her so hard that Mrs. Tapper's like housekeeper starts crying. Um, he just burns her down. And she's not as jovial or laughing in his face as a response. But anyway, now he's stuck at this party. So he starts flirting with the third woman. So he brings up, hey, he tells her, hey, I'm on, I'm, I'm planning on remarrying now. She says, hey, I just heard from my fortune teller 
that I'm going to be marrying soon. He's like, okay, I know who you're supposed to marry. And she says, who's that? He takes her to a mirror and they both look into the mirror. She immediately starts laughing. She goes, ha, at your age? Because she's, I guess, in her 30s or whatever. And he's an older gentleman that's graying. And she starts laughing in his face. So he does what he always does. He starts verbally abusing her. Which, <laughs> this guy, like, he doesn't take rejection well at all. Like, I get if you get turned down, but you don't have to be a jerk. But he just starts verbally berating this woman. And she says, is this a nightmare? He says, no, but your hat is. So, zinger, your hat sucks. That's his thing. Like, everything he can insult, he will, including your stupid hat. So, unlike the previous two women, the one who laughed it off and kicked her out of her house, the other one who didn't take it in stride, but kind of went about her business. This woman goes berserk. She starts shaking and crying and kicking her legs and arms everywhere. People coming from outside. What happened? What happened? And she's going, <laughs> she's going nuts. And he's of course still insulting her to her face as she's crying. Yeah. <laughs> he has no tech. This movie was so entertaining. Like, Granted, the opening took a while, but once it gets going, this movie is bananas. Uh, I, and I really, really enjoyed it. It doesn't have a lot to talk about because the plot is so predictable. We know where it's going from the beginning. And it doesn't surprise you in with any twists and turns, but it surprises you with the fact that I thought this was going to take itself seriously. Uh, like some of the other movies with... Uh, people, everyone in this movie overacts, especially this crazy woman, but he goes berserk as soon as he gets rejected. Uh, there, that guy, Ash is, there's a whole bit of comic relief where he's got pants that don't fit him and he's catching a fainting woman and his pants are falling down. And like the, it's just a constant barrage of just craziness. And there are splatters in between these crazy scenes just see sequences of him riding a horse somewhere or someone preparing a meal. And those I could have done without this movie definitely could have been a half an hour shorter. But when you've come from watching downhill and you've watched easy virtue and you've watched the ring and you get here and you're just expecting to be bored out of your mind, the farmer's wife surprises you with just being the most absurd thing. It's great. Great's a strong word. Me and this might be my brain. There's a there's a an expectation thing, right? You you all probably done this when you go to a movie and you expect something great and it turns out bad, you're super disappointed. But if you go to a movie and you're not expecting much and it's good, it feels even better and that's what this was. So he decides, okay, now he's 0 for 3. He's been firmly rejected by all three women. So it goes on to the fourth one, who is Mercy, who runs this bar. Uh, they don't show what really happens between him and this fourth woman. You find out later through a, this sort of visual flashback he has that she pretty much turned him down all the same. But you don't know this because when he gets home, he overhears Ash, the the guy, the drunkard that takes care of his stables talking smack about Mr. Sweetland. This is the second time he's done it in the movie. And he 
comes in all smiles as if to show him, hey, I've done it. I've got the girl. And as soon as Ash leaves, his countenance changes and he starts being upset because he's been turned down a fourth and final time. And he's sitting talking with Minta and he, he realizes that, of course, what he's always wanted has been right here the whole time. Minta's been running his household and there's various scenes in this movie where she's helping him get dressed and prepared and she knows him better than he knows himself. So all that's fine. And Minta's the only reasonable person in this movie because Mr. Sweetland is nuts. Ash is nuts. The the prospect of, oh, actually, that's not true. The first woman he goes to talk to is hilarious. She's great because she knows what she wants. And when this guy tries to insult her, you know, she laughs in his face that's the kind of person I want to be. Uh, she's so secure in who she is that she doesn't take any insults. She's get out of here. Uh, where was I? I mean, um, I, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, they, they end up getting together and at some point this crazy lunatic of a woman, uh, that one that was crying at, at the previous scene, just going bananas meets up with the older of the three women that he initially tried to marry and the older of the woman was like well he came to me first and she's like the the crazy woman's like oh yeah well i've changed my mind come with me and they head down to uh, mr sweetland's place and he has a couple guests over and she he gets them all drinks and they're like oh what's going on he's like i have made my decision as to who i will marry and so uh, they're all sitting around and eventually Minta comes down. Tr- she's changed out of her work clothes into something much finer. And he presents his new fiance, Minta. And uh, the older woman that he was courting before is very gracious. However, the crazy one goes ape again. She starts screaming and flailing and yelling. And eventually someone has to haul her out of the house. I kind of thought at this point, a good match for her would have probably been Ash, the crazy guy that runs the stables. I think that would have been a good match for her. And we roll credits or in these older movies, there are the credits are all at the front. And uh, so, I mean, this is, this is the best of the silent movies I've seen from him uh, as, as much as I enjoyed the pleasure garden. And again, that was, could be the first, uh, the fact that it was the first of the silent movies I watched and I sat through my tolerance was higher. It was shorter and it kind of got nuts near the end. Ever since then, I've been waiting to be entertained. And now I finally have it. I've, I I've been entertained. Uh, you can see this movie on, uh, Amazon. Now I don't know if you'll enjoy it because it is a silent film and you have to maybe be conditioned to watching these things to know what it is that makes a good silent movie compared to what makes a bad one. But I, I think I've, I found it. I found that place. So this is my new favorite. Now, uh, back on episode two, I mentioned a rating system where I would just sort of have a champion. And then I stopped talking about it because all of those other movies were just bad. So it was clear, but this is my new favorite uh, Hitchcock movie as I rewatch them chronologically again, ignoring all the ones I've seen previously. And one of the things I'm also doing is as I'm not watching, uh, movies like North by Northwest or psycho for just until I get to them, I'm not allowing myself to see them until I get to them chronologically. So, uh, 
this is going to be a slightly shorter episode than my previous ones. But I think that's because, which is funny because it's the longest movie, but it's because the plot is very simple. There isn't uh, this packed like they do in downhill that you don't know what's going on and he's going to different places and there isn't uh, the plot really helps the silent aspect of the movie because the fact that there's not a ton of dialogue even though this one is more dialogue heavy than the previous movies the simple plot helps you get through the story and it does have a couple boring spots specifically at the beginning and there's a couple small lulls here or there but largely i think the characters are fun and insane and there's a lot of physical uh, yeah there's some physical comedy and i think it at this point it knows what a silent movie is and 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 how it has to be so uh, things are looking up as we move forward on to our next movie so the next movie on the list is called Champagne. Uh, came out again in 1928, and uh, uh, this plot sounds kind of like what we're used to at this point. A spoiled heiress defies her father by running off to marry her lover. However, Daddy has a few tr tricks up his sleeve. Hopefully, this is another comedy because uh, uh, fortunately does have a shorter runtime of 86 minutes, hour and a half. That's perfect. I do want to thank you for listening. If you want to get in touch with me, you can email me at hitchcockchronologically at gmail.com. Also check out the link for the discord for budget arcade. I'm always hanging out there. You can come by and say hi. Uh, I think that's it. I will see you next time as we look at champagne from Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs>